0: Act two of the Hunchback by James Sheridan Knowles. This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. scene one. An apartment in Master Hartwell's house. Enter Fathom and Thomas.
1: Well, Fathom is thy mistress up. She is Master Thomas and breakfasted. She stands at twelve twas 'Twas five, you say, when she came home, and wants it now three-quarters of an hour of ten wait uh, till her stock
2: of country health is out twill come to that master thomas before she lives another month in town three four five six o'clock are now the hours she keeps twas otherwise with her in the country there my mistress used to rise what time she now lies down why yes uh, she's changed since she came hither changed do you say master thomas changed forsooth i know not a thing in which she is not changed serving that she is still a woman i tell thee there is no keeping pace with her moods in the country she had none of them when i brought what was asked for it was thank you fathom and no more to do but now nothing contents her hark ye were you a gentleman master thomas For then you know you would be a different kind of man how many times would you have your coat altered why
1: master fathom as many times as it would take to make it fit me
2: good but supposing it fitted thee at first then would i have it altered not at all good thou wouldst be a reasonable gentleman thou wouldst have a conscience now hark to a tale about my lady's last gown how many times think you took i it back to the sempstress Thrice may be thrice maybe be twenty times maybe be, and not a turn too many for the truth on't twenty times on the oath of the semstress, now mark me, can you count after a fashion you have much to be thankful for, Master Thomas, you London serving men have a world of things which we in the country never dream of now, mark four times took I it back for the flounce, twice for the slaves three for the tooker how many times in all is that eight times to a fraction master fathom what a master of figures you are eight times now recollect that and then she found fault with the trimmings now tell me how many times took i back the gown for the trimmings eight times more perhaps ten times to a certainty now how many times makes that eighteen master fathom by the rule of addition and how many times more will make 20 twice by the same rule thou hast worked with thy pencil and slate master thomas well ten times as i said took i back the gown for the trimmings and was she content after all i warrant you no for my ears did not pay for it she wished she said that the slattern samstress had not touched the gown for naught she had done but botched it now what think ye? had the samstress done to the gown
1: to surmise that i must be learned in the sempstress's art
2: the sempstress's art thou hast hit it oh the sweet sempstress the excellent sempstress mistress of her scissors and needles which are pointless and edgeless to her art the sempstress had done nothing to the gown yet raves and storms my mistress at her for having botched it in the making and mending and orders her straight to make another one which home the sempstress brings on tuesday last and found thy fair mistress as many faults with that not one she finds it a very pattern of a gown a well-sitting flounce the sleeves a fit the tucker a fit the trimmings her fancy to a tee ha 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 and she praised the sempstress ha 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 and she smiles at me and i smile Ha ha, and the sempstress smiles. Ha ha ha. Now, why did the sempstress smile? That she had succeeded so well in her art. Thou hast hit it again. The jade must have been born a sempstress. If ever I marry, she shall work for my wife. The gown was the same gown, and there was my mistress's twentieth mood. What to think
1: you will master Walter say when he comes back? i fear he'll hardly know his country
2: maid again has she yet fixed her wedding-day she has master thomas i coaxed it from her maid she marries monday week comes not master walter back to-day your master expects him A ringing. perhaps that's he i prithee go and open the door do master thomas do for proves it my master he'll surely question me
1: and what should i
2: do answer him master thomas and make him none the wiser he'll go mad when he learns how my lady flaunts it go open the door i prithee fifty things master thomas know you for one thing that i know you could turn and twist a matter into any other kind of matter and then twist and turn it back again if needs be so much you servants of the town beat us of the country master thomas open the door now do master thomas do
0: they go out scene two a garden with two arbors and her master hartwell and master walter meeting
3: good
4: master walter welcome back again
3: i am glad to see you master hartwell
4: how i pray you sped the mighty
3: business which so sudden called you hence weighty indeed what thou wouldst ne'er expect will scarce believe long hidden wrong wondrously come to light and great right done but more of this anon now of my ward discourse Like she the town? How does she? Is she well? Canst match me her among your city maids?
4: No, caught ones neither. She far outstrips them all.
3: I knew she would. What else could follow in a maid so bred? A pure mind, Master Hartwell. Not a taint from intercourse with the distempered town, with which all contact was walled out until, matured in soundness, I could trust her to it, and sleep amidst infection.
4: Master Walter! Well? Tell me, prithee, which is likelier, to plough a sea in safety, he that's wont to sail in it, or he that by the chart is the master of its surroundings, bearings, knows its headlands, havens, currents, where tis bold, and where behooves to keep a good lookout. The one will swim. Where sinks the other one? The drift of this? Do you not guess it? if you would train a maid to live in town, breed her not in the country.
3: Say you so, and stands she not the test?
4: As snow stands fire. Your country maid has melted all away, and plays the city lady to the height. Her mornings gives to mercers, millners, shoemakers, jewelers, and haberdashers. Her noons to calls, her afternoons to dressing, evenings to plays and drums and nights to routs balls masquerades sleep only ends the riot
3: which waking still begins i'm all amazed how bears sir thomas this why patiently though one can see with pain she loves him ha that shrug is doubt she ne'er consent to wed him unless she loved him never her young fancy the pleasures of the town and new things have caught none their hold will slacken she'll become her former self again to this old train of sober feelings will her heart return and then she'll give it wholly to the man her virgin wishes choose here comes sir thomas and with him master modus let them pass i would not see him till i speak with her
0: they retire into one of the arbors
5: enter clifford and modus a dreadful question is it when we love to ask if love's returned i did believe fair julia's heart was mine i doubt it now but once last night she danced with me her hand to this gallant or that engaged as soon as asked for may that love would scarce do this nor visit we together as we used when first she came to town she loves me less than once she did or loves me not at all i'm little skilled sir thomas in the world what mean you now to do remonstrate with her Come to an understanding, and at once, if she repents her promise to be mine, absolve her from it,
6: and say farewell to her. Lo, then, your opportunity. She comes, my cousin also. Her will I engage, whilst you converse
5: together. Nay, not yet. My heart turns coward at the sight of her. Stay till it finds new courage. Let them pass.
0: Clifford and Modus retire into the other arbor. Enter Julia and Helen.
7: So monday week will say good morn to thee a maid and bid good night a sober wife that monday week i trust will never come that brags to make a sober wife of me how changed you are my julia change makes change why wets thou then because i promised him thou lovest him do i he's a man to love a right well-favored man your point's well favoured where did you purchase it in gracechurch street pshaw sure. never mind my point but talk of him i'd rather talk with thee about the lace where bought you it in gracechurch street cheapside
8: whitechapel
7: little britain can't you say where twas you bought the lace in cheapside then and now then to sir thomas he's just the height i like a man thy feather's just the height i like a feather mine's too short what shall i give thee in exchange for it what shall i give thee for a minute's talk about sir thomas why thy feather take it
0: clifford aside to modus what likes she not to speak of me
7: and now let's talk about sir thomas much i'm sure he loves you much
8: i'm sure he has a right those know i who would give their eyes to be
7: sir thomas for my sake such too know i but mong them none that can compare with him not one so graceful what a graceful set your feather has nay give it back to me unless you pay me for it what was to get a minute's talk with thee about sir thomas talk of his title and his fortune then
5: clifford aside indeed i would not listen and yet i must
8: an ample fortune helen i shall be a happy wife what routs what balls what masks what gala days
5: clifford aside for these she marries me she'll talk of these
8: think not when i am wed i'll keep the house as owlet does her tower alone when every other bird's on wing i'll use my palfrey helen and my coach my barge too for excursions on the thames what drives to barnet hackney islington what rides to epping hounslow and blackheath what sails to greenwich woolwich fulham and kew i'll set a pattern to your lady wives
0: clifford aside
5: I, lady trust me not at my expense
8: and what a wardrobe i'll have a change of suits for every day in the year and sets for day my morning dress my noon dress dinner dress and evening dress then i'll show you lace a foot deep can i purchase if not i'll specially bespeak it diamonds too not buckles rings and earrings only but whole necklaces and stomachers of gems i'll shine be sure i will
0: clifford aside.
5: then shine away <laughs> who covets thee may wear thee i'm not he
8: and then my title soon as i put on the ring i'm lady clifford so i take precedence of plain mistress where she e'en the richest heiress in the land at town or country ball you'll see me take the lead while wives that carry on their backs the wealth to dower princess shall give place to me, will I not profit? Think you by my right? Be sure I will. Marriage shall prove to me a never-ending pageant. Every day shall show how I am spoused. I will be known for Lady Clifford all the city through and fifty miles the country round about, wife of sir thomas clifford baronet not perishable knight who when he makes a lady of me doubtless must expect to see me play the part of one
0: clifford coming forward
5: most true but not the part which you designed to play
8: a listener sir
5: by chance and not intent your speech was forced upon mine ear "'that ne'er more thankless duty to my heart discharged. "'I would for that heart it ne'er had known the sense "'which tells it tis a bankrupt, "'where most it coveted to be rich, "'and thought it was so. "'Oh, Julia, is it you? "'Could I have set a coronet upon that stately brow, "'where partial nature hath already bound a brighter circlet, "'radiant beauty's own? "'I had been proud to see thee proud of it. "'So for the donor thou hast taken the gift, "'not for the gift taken him.' Could I have poured the wealth of richest Croesus in my lap, I had been blessed to see thee scatter it, so I was still thy richest paramount.
8: Know you me, sir?
5: I do. On Monday week we were to wed, and are, so you're content. The day that weds wives you to be widowed. Take the privilege of my wife, be Lady Clifford, outshine the title in wearing o My coffers, land, all are at thy command. Wear all. But for myself, she wears not me although the coveted of every eye who would not wear me for myself alone
8: and do you carry it so proudly sir
5: proudly but still more sorrowfully lady i'll lead thee to a church on monday week till then farewell and then farewell forever oh julia i have ventured for thy love as the bold merchant who for only hope of some rich gain all former gains will risk before I asked a portion of thy heart, I perilled all my own, and now, all's lost.
0: Clifford and Modius go out.
7: Helen, what ails you, sweet? I cannot breathe. Quick, loose my girdle. Oh,
0: faints. Master Walter and Master Hartwell come forward.
3: Good Master Hartwell, help to take her in, whilst I make after him and look to her unlucky chance that took me out of town
0: they go out severally scene three the street enter clifford and stephen
6: meeting letters sir thomas take them home again i shall not read them now your pardon sir but here's one directed strangely how to master clifford gentleman now styled sir thomas clifford baronet indeed whence comes that letter from abroad which is it so please you this sir thomas give it me that letter brings not news to wish him joy upon if he was disturbed before which i guessed by his looks he was he is not more at ease now his hand to his head a most unwelcome letter if it brings him news of disaster fortune does not give him his deserts for never waited servant upon a kinder master stephen sir thomas
5: from my door remove the plate that bears my name the plate sir thomas the plate collect my servants and instruct them to make out each their claims unto the end of their respective terms and give them to my steward him and them a prize good fellow that i keep my house no more as you go home call at my coachmaker's and bid him stop the carriage i bespoke the one i have "'send with my horses to the mart "'whereas such things are sold by auction. "'They're for sale. "'Pack up my wardrobe, "'have my trunks conveyed to the inn in the next street, "'and when that's done, "'go round my tradesmen and collect their bills, "'and bring them to me at the inn.'
6: "'The inn?'
5: "'Yes. I go home no more. "'Why, what's the matter? "'What has fallen out to make your eyes fill up? "'You'll get another place. "'I'll certify that you're honest and industrious.' And
6: all that a servant ought to be. I see, Sir Thomas, some great misfortune has befallen you. No, I have health, I have strength, my reason, Stephen,
5: and a heart that's clear in truth, will trust in God. No great disaster can befall the man who's still possessed of these. Good fellow, leave me. What you would learn, and have a right to know, I would not tell you now. Good Stephen, hence. Mischance has fallen on me. But what of that? Mischance has fallen on many a better man. I prithee, leave me. I grow sadder while I see the eye with which you view my grief. Steth, will they out? I would have been a man had you been less a kind and gentle one. Now, as you love me, leave me.
6: Never, master. So well deserved the love of him that served him.
5: Stephen goes out. Misfortune liketh company. It seldom visits its friends alone. Ah, master Walter and ruffled too I'm in no mood for him
0: and her master Walter
3: so sir sir Thomas Clifford what with speed and color I do gasp for want of breath well
5: master Walter
3: you're a rash young man sir strong-headed and wrong-headed and I fear sir not over delicate in the fine sense which men of honor pride themselves upon
5: well master Walter
3: a young woman's heart sir is not a stone to carve a posy on which knows not what is writ on it, which you may buy, exchange, or sell, sir, keep or give away, sir, it is a richer yet a poorer thing, prices to him that owns and prizes it worthless when owned, not prized, which makes the man that covets it, obtains it, and discards it a fool, if not a villain, sir, well, sir, you never loved my ward, sir
5: the bright heavens bear witness that i did
3: the bright heavens sir bear not false witness that thou loved her not is clear for had you loved her you'd have plucked your heart from out your breast ere cast her from your heart old as i am i know what passion is it is the summer's heat sir which in vain we look for frost in ice like you sir knows but little of such heat we are wronged sir wronged you wear a sword and so do i well sir you know the use sir of a sword
5: i do to whip a knave sir or an honest man a wise man or a fool atone for wrong or double the amount on it master walter touching your ward if wrong is done i think on my side lies the grievance i would not say so did i not think so as for love look sir that hand's a widower's to its first mate sworn to clasp no second one as for amends, sir you're free to get them from a man in whom you've been forestalled by fortune for the spite which she has vented on him if you still esteem him worth your anger please you read that letter now sir judge of life is dear to one so much a loser
3: what all gone thy cousin living they reported dead title and land
5: sir and to which add love all gone save life and honour which ere i lose I'll let the other go.
3: we are public here and may be interrupted. Let us seek some spot of privacy. Your letter, sir. Gives it back. Though fortune slights you, I'll not slight you. Not your title, nor the lack of it, I heed. Whether upon the score of love or hate, with you and you alone I settle, sir. We've gone too far. To folly now to part without a reckoning. Just as you please. You've done a noble lady wrong. That lady, sir, has done me wrong. Go to. Thou art a boy fit to be trusted with a plaything, not a woman's heart. Thou knowest not what it is, and that I'll prove to thee soon as we find convenient place. Come, sir, you shall get a lesson that shall serve you for the rest of your life. I'll make you own her, sir, a piece of nature's handiwork, as costly, free from bias, flaw, and fair as ever yet her cunning hand turned out. Come on, sir, come. They go out. End of Act
0: Two.